Hi folks, I am once again not Trav, and I am once again here with a special guest host in uh, Seth, uh, the captain, Captain Drachma. How you doing today? How's, how's it going? I'm doing swell. I'm still living in the moment of interviewing Steven last week. I tell you, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we wanted to follow up on the previous episode. Once again, thanks to Steve, Stephen Morris, uh, for for uh, for hanging out with us. That was that was a fun time. Um, and you said you uh, went on a bit of a journey uh, since then. Yeah. So, Stephen is obviously extremely inspirational to any anybody. I know he says that he can't play any instruments. He's just being very modest, right? Um, but I have for a long time, I've never, I've played recorder like we talked about a little bit in school and kind of dabbled with things, guitar, right? If there's a guitar laying around, I attempt to do something on it and nothing sounds like anything. But for a long time, I have wanted to play and pick up and learn the harmonica. So oh. I have gone down like a whole rabbit hole this last week on attempting to figure out where is the best place to start, uh, what kind is is the correct model to buy for a beginner, um, and just there are so many different things and honestly different kinds of harmonica. Like I guess the only thing I ever think of when I think harmonica is uh, a diatonic harmonica is what they're called, which is you know what blues players play, and it's the small you can get a cheap diatonic harmonica at any flea market you go to, right? That's like a toy. Mm. But there yeah, are yeah. chromatic harmonicas, and I think they're called tremolo harmonicas. Like, there's all kinds of different harmonicas. But, yeah, I mean, I've been going down that little rabbit hole, and honestly, if it wasn't for Steven coming on, I probably wouldn't have done that. I've wanted to do it for a long time, but I am pretty dedicated. I've got stuff saved in carts, to buy so <laughs> stuff saved <to> car- <laughs> stuff uh, youtube videos and your watch later yes cue, exactly and, yeah. <laughs> yep that's really awesome to hear yeah that's what it's all about right there like to sound like john madden saying this, this is what it's all about right here when he's like uh, talking about the super bowl but yeah that's that's so awesome to hear because uh harmonica i remember getting a harmonica as like a christmas gift a long time ago and i could never get the hang of it so you're you, all I, I admire what you're doing because I, I could never get the hang of it. I was like 10 when that when that happened. Right. But still, it's like, yeah, I could never quite really get the hang of it very well. I think I think we've all been there, right? I feel like I had a, a flea market harmonica that my grandpa bought that probably was played by seven other kids before I got it at one point, right? <laughs> like, right. we've all had that experience at some point. Cheap, tinny-sounding harmonica, but... right. It's just, it's a different for, I guess, a non-musical person picking up a harmonica, at least at the forefront, seems a little bit easier because the harmonica is labeled by the holes, right? There are 10 holes in a, in an average diatonic and to play it, it, it literally tells you play one, play two like that. That's, that's what the, you know, when when a sheet of music is is written out for a harmonica, that's how it's written out. It's not, you know, all the lines and the the notes and stuff on the sheet. And I, I can't read any of that. My son actually can because he plays clarinet. But oh wow, I can't I can't read any yeah. of that. And I that's um, not something I'm interested in learning. Honestly, at at, at this age. <laughs> 
that's that's cool to hear though because that sounds a lot like guitar tablature and how that works um if if you're familiar with that i'm not no um no it's it's pretty much the same thing where um instead of using notes and you know treble clef bass clef and all right. that it, it just does numbers like the number of uh which fret and then it lays out which string oh that's and, sweet uh yeah so it sounds pretty similar to that i didn't know they did it like that that's kind of cool but um yeah and it, it made gu learning guitar like super easy for me that just using tab instead of notes and stuff like that but, yeah uh, the only yeah. I, I had a buddy that quote unquote learned how to play guitar but it was like the early days of youtube and the way he learned was just guys playing guitar on youtube and just watching exactly what they're doing with their fingers right like that's yeah and i don't think he couldn't read music or read anything like that he, he would just learn by ear and by watching exactly where they're putting their fingers and, and he learned it that way which is cool yeah, that's like our, our we a guest that we've had on uh, drunk friend twice. Uh, the Renaissance taught himself. Oh, really? How to paint by doing oh, stuff. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning uh, landscapes and just kind of getting, you know, like how how the light hits certain objects, and you know, learning certain dif different paint different painting techniques and that sort of stuff. Right. Um. Yeah. He he. All he did was just like monkey see, monkey do. Like just oh that's that's what that's how he does that effect. He almost treated it like the way he described it. It was almost like applying filters in Photoshop. Yeah, where it's like I'm gonna do this effect over here. I'm gonna do this effect for this over here and this reflection down here. And it was like that's seriously is almost like <laughs> you know you, you remember that like oh yeah those those effects in Photoshop are based on <laughs> you know old painters anyway, right so i mean yeah but anyway as good as he is at painting i just can't believe that yeah, that's like there, there's there's no, there's natural talent there because there's no 100%. way i could ever do 100 percent. like yeah yeah some people just have like a gift for stuff like uh for, for stuff like that like it just comes naturally to them. like 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 uh in pro wrestling it was mr perfect and they would cut all these like vignettes these short little videos yeah, been playing darts, and it, it would be a bullseye every single yeah. time, and it would not wouldn't even be editing. He would just throw. He threw a touchdown pass to himself. Where he just <laughs> tossed the ball up <laughs> into the air fifty <laughs> yards, and he ran underneath it. It's like some people are just gifted like that, man. Yep, yep. <laughs> just like Kurt Hennig, Bo Jackson. Um, Bo Jackson can do whatever he wants. Bo Jackson, yeah, he's running on walls. He's yeah, <laughs> trucking Denver Broncos. He's just yeah. Some people just have it. But uh, yeah, we uh, normally under the year format would go underneath the category of 2010, the year 2010. Um, the only major event that really uh, caught my attention for that, it's the Obama administration. It's pretty, I, I, we're still kind of reeling from like all the financial crisis fallout and that sort of stuff. But um, Spain won the World Cup that year and... I remember watching a lot of that and uh, thinking that was a lot of fun to. So I, I I just love watching the World Cup because the crowds and just like the, the draw. It's like the whole world is watching. Like right. it's not just an American thing, like the Super Bowl. Like it's there are like a billion people watching this right now. It's kind of cool, but uh, yeah, I, I liked that one. That was basically all I could find for. Uh, I'm trying to remember like off the top of my head, like who won. I think 2010 was Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, the Steelers. I remember that and, game. 
No thanks. Yeah, I really thought the Steelers were going to win that one too, but uh, ugh. I mean, that was the last time Aaron Rodgers did anything other than <laughs> lose much. to San Francisco. So lose lose to San Francisco, lose to the Seahawks on a on yeah. a dropped onside kick, lose to um, what was the other? Oh yeah. That was San Francisco, where they just got trucked and gave up yep. like 42 points in the first <laughs> half. God, that was awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned that for football, for soccer, that the whole world is watching, which is very true. And I guess it's that way for the Olympics and things like that, too. What's interesting to me, and I guess I never really thought about it until you said that, right? The game you think of, or we all probably think of as America's game, is baseball. But Right, yeah. There are so many different cultures in terms of people playing baseball. You know, I mean, I wonder, yeah. I would imagine that much of the world also watches the MLB, right? Or tries to watch the MLB. Of course, South America and, you know, but yeah. also Japan. J- Japan has a huge, like millions of people watch uh, Otani, just yes, him. right. And yeah, millions of Americans watch him too because he's just that good. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, but speaking speaking of Japan, oh yeah, good segue there. Uh, Trav would be proud. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, in 2010, I uh, that that was when the Obama economic stimulus thing was was going on. That's that's why I bring up the financial stuff because that allowed me to buy uh, plane tickets to Japan. So I took the money and promptly spent it in another country. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had I had an opportunity to tag, tag along with my friend uh, Gretchen at that time. And uh, she speaks uh, fluent Japanese. And uh, so it was always really entertaining, like when, it, when we had to get a taxi somewhere once we got there, to just like watch her talk with taxi drivers and just like random people and there's always that initial shock of like a white person speaking yeah. japanese with like an accent and everything and they're they're just kind of like whoa oh okay uh anyway uh we, we, uh, where are you headed to blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> it's always really funny but yeah japan is as close as you can come to go being on another planet while still being on this planet like i'll never forget like when we first got in we were staying at a youth hostel and um the place was locked up because we got there late at like after 10 i can't remember it was like two in the morning probably when we got there but um yeah so we we had to we didn't know what to do so we took a taxi to a capsule hotel if you don't know what that is that those are like it's seriously just a hotel where you don't get a room you get a bed and it's in like a casket shaped hole in the wall (laughs) basically yeah so yeah, it's like it's like a beehive. If you Google a uh, capsule hotel, you'll you'll see it, it's almost like a beehive layout. Yep. Where yeah, it's just a, like a bunch of so so I slept there and um that night and I remember uh <laughs> it was such a strange experience because it was a bathhouse too. So they made us change into well, first of all when we got there it was really Japan is a country where so the social norm is to take your shoes off. On yep. certain floor types, so you walk in, and I'm, you know, I'm a dumbass American that like, hasn't slept <laughs> in 48 hours, and my, my shoes are on the on this tile floor, and and everybody's like staring at me. There's a bunch of people waiting to check in, and everybody's like 
glaring at me and I'm just like, huh? Like what? It's like, dude, your shoes. And I'm like, oh shit. And then uh, sure enough, I, I, as I walk out, I leave my shoes there. <laughs> <It's> like, <I'm, laughs> oh no, now your socks are on the dirty floor. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> but um, yeah. And when we checked into that hotel, um, they gave us like, they, they asked us like a ton of questions. Like, where are you from? What are you doing here? Why do you want to stay here? And then they ask, uh, do you have any tattoos? And my friend Gretchen does, but she lies and says no. And then the next question is, do you think it's okay that we don't allow people that have tattoos to stay here? And we're both just like, what? Sure. Okay, fine. Yeah, I guess. I guess tattoos equals Yakuza over there. Oh, like wow. If you have tattoos, you're, you're seen as like a Yakuza sympathizer or something. So they, they asked us, like, if we have tattoos, we can't stay there. So we were just like, meh. <laughs> we're both exhausted and we're just it was just a strange line of questioning and we're both like super tired so but that was really that was really fun they all they also made us change it to pajamas it's like a, a temporary uniform it's like being in jail but you you, you could leave anytime you yeah. wanted it was really strange but um it was what we needed at the time and we got to check out the bathhouse and stuff and like use that that was weird and surreal um yeah, it was incredible. We the the weirdest food I had over there was a fried octopus, and um, it's just as slimy and weird as you'd think. But the weirdest part is um, while you're chewing it, uh, the suction cups stick to your tongue. Really? So yeah, it's a pretty weird experience. <laughs> I would not do it again. So it's pretty weird. Do you ever? Um, do you ever have? Have you ever had calamari? Yeah, it's similar to that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's um, but no, this was f just straight up fried octopus. Yeah, and <laughs> it was really strange. Um, yeah, there's lo like lots of like little ramen shops that are just like completely filled with steam. You get these giant yeah. freaking noodles, and it's just delicious. And it like, like just that warm broth and everything. It's oh, it's such a great experience. That the whole the whole food thing just makes me think of the beginning of Spirited Away, like. Know, right, exactly. I know yeah. that's probably not how it is, but just the pictures and it kind of is. I mean, it it looks like it is is the thing. Yeah. It, I mean, that that movie obviously takes place in like some sort of like weird distant fantasy right. world or whatever. But um no, it, it does look like that though. In fact, um the the cities we went to were Tokyo and Kyoto. Um but we also took the the train out to the middle of nowhere because you know, we had to do the fanboy thing. We had to do the fan thing of, uh, you know, going out to <laughs> visit a shrine where there's like an anime thing that yes. we recognize right. or a manga thing that we recognize. We had to do that at least once. So uh, we both really like Tenchi Muyo, um, especially the, the original series, the original like OVA. Yep. Um, so we went and it was really easy to find uh, the shrine that show is based on. And sure as shit, you go up there, you walk up a million steps and then you, it's pretty much like spot on. Like, yeah, this is exactly what, <laughs> what it looks like on the show. Like everything in the, is in the, the same spots. Uh, there's brooms over there. There's like talisman, you know, all this like like all where it should be it's like i'll be damned this is pretty much exactly like the show it's crazy <laughs> i mean it's a quaint little shrine that's out in the middle of nowhere i mean it was there were leaves everywhere and it was pretty messy but i mean and it was in this tiny little town on the side of the 
the railroad tracks. And I'll never forget, uh, we spent most of the day just wandering around there. Um, and w the general store that we went into as soon as we got off the train, uh, it's, and this is like a quiet, sleepy little village. There's nobody out doing anything. There's a lot of houses. It's like a residential area. It's very mom and pop. Yep. But um, we we walk into this general store and boom, right in our face, porn. <laughs> like right on the magazine <laughs> shelves. It's like porn. And it's like, what the hell is this? Like, It's like this nice, quiet, peaceful looking thing. And then boom, porn in your face. It's like... All right. Well, uh, anyway. Yeah, that's that's always kind of boggled my mind about Japan. Yeah. Because yeah. the the strangest things, like you already mentioned tattoos, are super taboo. But then something yeah. like that is just kind of commonplace. It's just out in the open. Yeah, it's seen as like a normal thing to have in your, at your, your tiny little town's general store on the front <laughs> shelf. It's like, okay. Because it really was just like a general store that was like... You know, buy little snacks and right. you know aspirin and whatever else you need. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's bizarre. I'm just completely jealous of anybody that ever tells <laughs> stories about Japan because that we were talking a little bit before we started recording. But that is a huge bucket list thing for me personally. Like everything about Japan, half of my life is built upon it, right? Like the video games I enjoy, the media I sure. consume, right? It's just so much of it came from Japan. And I would just love, I think the thing, and it would probably, if I ever go, I'd probably almost certainly take my wife and she would probably get very annoyed that I just wanted to go in <laughs> every little shop and just yeah. look, right? Can I find we were talking about Easter eggs last episode. Like I would just be looking for every little Easter egg that I've seen in every show. Well, that isn't a really an Easter egg to Japanese people, but it would be to me like, Oh, I remember seeing this thing in this game or in this anime. Like that would be, uh, I'd be in heaven for as long as I was there. Yeah. I, no kidding, man. It was, I was, ex I felt extremely lucky the whole time. It was awesome. Um, uh, one thing I should mention though, like, it is hard to find anything in in Tokyo in particular. Like basically what I did is uh the the hostel we stayed in was in kind of like a college type part of town called Takede no Baba. Yep. And we went around in the just on the main train line. I think it was green at the time. Um but yeah, we we just like would go on the train, get off on a stop and just wander around. <laughs> it's almost like we were we were just tracking you know, it's like we're we're exploring like an age of empires or something. Like we're <laughs> we're setting up our maps and putting up obelisks and stuff. Like that's how we treated it. We just I love doing that. I did that in Seattle this past summer. It's so awesome to just like, yeah, I'll take a an Uber at eight in the morning and then take one back at five and just wander around all day. I love doing stuff like that. In Japan, Tokyo in particular is awesome for that. Um, just finding random stuff, but it is really, if you're looking for something in particular, like it's really hard to find stuff like on roads and stuff like that. Like it, it's, people don't drive as much there and the street signs aren't as frequent, I guess. And they're hard to read and it's just hard to, I'm guessing now in 2023 with GPS and stuff yeah. like that and Google maps, it'd be a lot easier to find stuff, but I had a hell of a time finding anything, um, one other thing I should mention, 
Um, I did not try any fast food over there. I, I made sure not to do that. I, I don't know. I wanted to uh, enjoy just Japanese food and oh, yeah, absolutely. drink and all that sort of stuff um, and have like real boss coffee. Oh, boss coffee is the best. But um, the, the there was right down the road from our hostel on the way to the train station was a place called Freshness Burger. It's like number one, that's the best name ever, and number two, they they are like slider type burgers that are just like a big chunk of beef, and with a big slice of onion, big slice of tomato, and something else that's on. It might have been like soy sauce or something weird, yeah. But it just had a weird flavor to it, and it was just freaking delicious. And they also had mango smoothies, so that's basically like I ate one of those like every single day <laughs> the whole time I was there. <laughs> I just had to mention shout out to Freshness Burger because I loved it; it was so good. You're talking about Tokyo, and you got a burger daily in Tokyo. Yeah, it was just a little slider burger. That's and crazy. It, but it, it, it was super. It was super filling. Um, just a tiny little, fr- it's just called a freshness burger. It was like 4,000 yen, I think. Oh, so it was like wow. four bucks. That's just, um, that's just yeah. wild to go to Japan and get about the most American thing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. But we, I mean, you know, I tried a little bit of everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, uh, all over the place. Uh, what's, what's awesome about, uh, wandering around in Tokyo is that there's so many vending machines everywhere. Um, and uh, they're cigarette vending machines. So I got sick of drinking coffee eventually. So I switched to cigarettes. Um, and the cigarettes over there are so mild that they're actually pleasant. Like, like if, sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, like Marlboro Reds or yeah. Lights or any, or anything from Camel. Like, sometimes that stuff is like Jack Daniels. Like, <laughs> it's just like candy water. It's just gross. But sometimes, like, J- Japan has some really good cigarettes that are, like, actually... They give you a nice little buzz, but they're n- it's not super harsh. It wears off gently. Like, it's just nice. Um, even their Lucky Strike cigarettes over there are really pleasant. But, uh, yeah, that, I remember that, too. But, uh, yeah, I could go on and on about Japan. Um, I did buy a bunch of Super Famicom games over there. I bought Rockman X, Rockman X2, Chrono Trigger, uh, Earthbound, or Mother 2. Um, I, what else did I get? Sagan Tazetsu 3... Front Mission Gun Hazard, and I think that's it. I wonder. I know that you can still go there and like talking to guys like Jimmy Hoppa that that live there, right? You can still walk into shops and get some crazy games for a dollar or two, but it still makes me wonder if like since 2010, if you walk back in there now, if things have kind of blown up just because of tourism, right? And there's enough of guys like us that are probably going there on vacation and are going to try to buy up some of that stuff. Right. So I wonder if some of those prices have gone up since. Yeah. I'm sure the more popular stores uh, are charging a lot. Yeah. Like if if they're getting a lot of tourists, but that's why you got to go to the middle of nowhere and hope you find like a little tiny little store. I mean, you take the same approach there as you would here. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, uh, I graduated from high school in 2010, and uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. so old. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome though. 18, um, went turned 19, summer of 2010. Started going to uh, college. I went to a different college from where I actually finished up. 
Um, I went to the University of Finlay, which is about 20 minutes south of Bowling Green, where Bowling Green State University is, but still like in the Toledo metro area. Um, and it was a interesting experience. I think probably like all college experiences are when you're away from home. I lived in a house down there that I wasn't really supposed to be living in because technically, as long as you were within like 45 minutes of your house, you could say you commuted because, you know, colleges and universities do that thing where if you're not within commuting distance, they force you to live on campus so that you have to pay room and board. So we got around that by saying, oh yeah, I live close enough that I can commute. And then I just rented a house with actually my uh, oh. wasn't back then, but would be sister-in-law and then some of her oh, friends. Wow. So I lived in a house with a bunch of women, which was also interesting. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was an interesting were experience. You used to, were you used to that at that point or was that brand new? Living on like, my own or living with women. Oh like. yeah, no, that was that was really weird. <laughs> that was <laughs> I know. that was really weird. I I would just hope. I mean, I had some buddies in school, but I would just hope that my brother would come visit sometimes cuz it's like I need <laughs> I need to break up this like break up this atmosphere. I ha- I have a younger sister, but yeah. We kind of I guess trained my sister more or less to be a tomboy. We were all farm yeah, kids, yeah. right? So I just wasn't used yep. to the you know, the girly, girly, catty stuff that can happen in a house like that. Well, just how freaking messy they leave the bathroom, man. Come on. <laughs> like, like, can you not leave your hair dryer and the and the cables and all that stuff all over the place? Like, come on. Yeah. They're, honestly. Clothes everywhere. Right. They, uh, <laughs> from what I can remember, and it was probably because I was living with them for some of it, right? But. In general, yeah. the most for the most part, they were pretty clean. I, I okay, that's good. I was you know eighteen, nineteen years old, and basically hardly adult man, so I was definitely not very clean all the time. I you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My I'm room a was super messy. big. Yeah. I'm a super big neat freak. Like I'm one of those restless people that like. As you're finishing up whatever you're eating, like I'll take your plate away and put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> like I'm one of those people that just can't sit still. Like if, if I see something dirty, it needs to be cleaned. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, freak. yeah. I have gotten uh, much better, but you know, as an 18 year old dude, I mean, I think 95 percent of yeah, those 100. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably. say 100. <laughs> yeah, probably 100. percent Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was an interesting experience. I was going there for pharmacy. Um, that didn't work out. I found out. Oh, it was actually 2011. But you know, my son is 11. Will be 12 this year. So wow, found out that uh, my girlfriend at the time and I were having yeah. a baby halfway yeah. halfway through that school year, and then I got a big boy job and transferred to BGSU and the rest is uh history I suppose but it was it was definitely an interesting experience living down there and going it was a very yeah. small school right so really most of my class sizes were about like high school um but I'm probably one of the weird people that actually I don't know I like to blend in most places so I don't really mind the yeah. 120 person lecture halls so oh yeah yeah those I mean, it gets to the point where it's it, it's it's almost like going to a baseball game or yes, something. Right, you're sitting up in the stands just as an anonymous person. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying, but um, yeah, that's so. I, I do have to ask about 
your son, though, because yeah. he's at an awesome age. I remember loving being 11 and 12 <laughs> and having yeah. a, a, a ton of fun. What's he playing? What games is he playing? Is he any good at Enter the Gungeon? Uh, what, 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 does he play anything you play or does he care or what? So it's interesting. We actually have an email, a uh, kind of that's leaning towards this. So maybe we'll talk about it. Oh, sure. Yeah. The more good in a call. little bit, but yeah, yeah. I will say that he has played his fair share of Gungeon and has never paid it, made it without me. Him and I have played together a few times. He's never made it past the first chamber. And I just, he enjoys playing like one of his favorite games. And I feel like it's just that age group when it came out. He absolutely loves Minecraft. Like, I f- oh, sure. Yeah. They just, they, they all love Minecraft, both uh-huh. him and because I, I have a stepson too that, and they're the exact same age. Um, but they both love Minecraft. They both love Fortnite and they both enjoy Roblox too, right? So, yeah, yeah, those are the big ones. They uh kids uh, kids these days, I, I don't know, but uh <laughs> you almost sounded like Hank Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Propane. Um <laughs> I I just I have I try to influence them to play games that they finish, but it just seems like they like to play games that are never ending. Like they just they get enjoyment out of going back and doing here, little things here and there, which is totally fine i'm just that's just not me right i like to i like yeah, to play a yeah. game for a couple hours and see some credits yeah. and move on to the next one so yeah <laughs> can you beat minecraft is there like a yes yeah, yeah there is okay there's an it's en- not just a sandbox yeah there's an ender drag i mean it really leans towards just being a sandbox multiplayer online thing where you can create a world with your buddies and be creative. I think that's what a lot of people do. Um, but yes, there is an end state to Minecraft. Um, but I've I've certainly never gotten there, and it's kind of, from what I remember, complicated to do. So, huh? Um, but anyway, there's there's a couple other things I want to circle back on uh, real quickly about Japan because um, I was I was flipping I was just kind of absentmindedly flipping through pictures and I remembered one other thing I wanted to mention because um, some of the people that were staying with us in the hostel um, that's what's awesome about staying in a place like that because you run into other people from other countries Um, there were two girls there from Germany that were learning Japanese and the reason they went to Japan is because I I forget if it was Germany or France I want to say it was France but um And then there was another woman that was from Germany. That's who it was. Okay, sorry. Uh, (laughs) But but they were there. They were there just because they were huge fans of like a certain manga or anime. I forget what what it was. But that's the reason they were there, and they were. That's the reason they were learning Japanese. They were doing the eighteen year old, you know, thing of like, yeah, I love this show so much. I'm (laughs) gonna learn the language and actually go to Japan. I thought that was really interesting. And also, there are people on my side of the hostel in the other room across the the building um, that would just stay there all day. Like, they would just lay in bed and just sleep. And I think they were their their shifts. Like, they were, like, garbage men or something. I forget what they did for a living. But they would just, like, hang out for, like, three straight days in bed. And then we were there for 10 days total. So I noticed 
patterns and stuff. Like he was gone for three days and then he was there for four days or something. And it was just like, what is that guy doing? Like, does he live here? (laughs) And and it was so strange. Like he was, and then the guy that was bunking right above me was, was also from France and he stunk bad. (laughs) Just be like, really like the, the (laughs) really strong BO. The guy that was possibly a garbage man was, was he a Japanese local? Yeah. Just, just a regular Japanese guy. I just, I wonder I wonder if like he was maybe this is just pure speculation, but perhaps from the country or something or from hours away. And rather than getting an apartment, he would just stay there. Oh, yeah, probably. If I had to guess, that would be smart, too, because it's really cheap to stay at that hostel. Yeah. And then would go go back when he was done with his. I I don't know how that works. Right. But I feel like I've heard that that's what a lot of people do at places like. And I know this is not the same, but Hong Kong is like a very crazy business city, right? And people will just sure. migrate in there from outer communities because you can make so much money, you know? So you go there and you work for like six months really hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. And yeah. you take that money back to your family and yeah. then you you live off of it for six months and then you go back and work really hard. Right. Again. They do that in like Dubai, yes, and yeah, Qatar, and like countries in that part of the world too, you know? right? But um, no, you're probably right. I didn't even think of that. I'm I'm glad I know that, or I'm glad I uh, can speculate that now, because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's it. I've always wondered what that guy was doing, because he would because all his stuff would be there, and I wouldn't see that guy for like four straight days, and then he'd be back and they're all day every day and what you so yeah that makes sense but i also wanted to mention uh you know the person that i tagged along with gretchen um she's starting a podcast titled video games were a mistake and um she covers like just a bananas subject with a lot of craziness like for example one one episode subject she's trying to work on is about mighty number nine and another one would be just like the sega saturn sound processor and she just wants to kind of go into depth about like all the details of those unique situations in video game culture and video game history that kind of don't make sense, but and also are kind of crazy. Like like Yugi, maybe Yugi Naka or whatever his name is, Yugi Naga, Yuji Naga. What is the dude that's going to jail? That yes, created that is crazy. Sonic. Like, I'm sure that guy will, will get a rant at some point. But I just wanted to give a shout out. Video games were a mistake. Um, if you have any like requests for, if that sounds interesting and you want to subscribe to that or just keep your ear to the ground for when that gets made, um, that would be cool. I, I assume you're going to hop on there and guest at some point. Sure. Yeah. If, if, if she'll have me on, I think it's just mostly just like more of an essay kind of a thing, uh, where she just tries to make sense of <laughs> what yeah. was happening, reading stuff as it happened in real time and that sort of thing. But yeah. Just wanted to give that a quick shout out. Special guest Nestrunk bringing James Bond Jr. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> we could just talk for two hours about the horrible music. Yep. <laughs> how, how it's like out of tune and like off beats and <laughs> like did nobody play this game after they made it? Like it's what, what was they thinking? Video games are great, aren't they? They bring us joy. They make us feel emotions. They remind us of our humanity, and in those ways, they change lives. I'm Caleb J. Ross, co-host of the Tales of the Lesser Medium podcast and author of the new book, Suddenly I Was a Shark, My Time with What Remains of Edith Finch. 
Suddenly I Was a Shark, my time with What Remains of Edith Finch is an in-depth examination of my favorite video game of all time, What Remains of Edith Finch. It's got some developer interviews, personal anecdotes, and a few structurally intentional dabs of humor goo to stick it all together. Right now, you can buy my book, my seventh book, by the way, which is crazy to think about, but I think my best book. Suddenly I Was a Shark, my time with What Remains of Edith Finch at Amazon.com for a print version or Kobo, Barnes & Noble, or Amazon for ebook versions. And if you, like me, love signed books, you can even buy a signed copy of Suddenly I Was a Shark, My Time with What Remains of Edith Finch by going to calebjross.com forward slash signed. That's my website, calebjross.com forward slash signed. Signed as in signed book. It makes sense. You get it. Now, back to the show. I'll take this first email here. We do have four emails. We got Todd in Ohio saying Final Fight Let's Play. He says, hi, guys. Love the show. Any chance of a SNES drunk plays Final Fight 2 or 3? I can answer that right now. Sure. Why not? Uh, although it would be on Twitch probably rather than on YouTube. Um, I've gotten in the habit lately of just bouncing on Twitch, usually like on my lunch break at work, just to play like like last week I was playing a lot of Family Feud um, and like Jeopardy Sports Edition on Super Nintendo. Uh, I was playing some ROM hacks. Um, there's no schedule and there's no commentary and I was just playing yeah and i was recording anyway so i just wanted to see what it would be like to stream and as i was recording footage so it's like whatever did did people hop in sure yeah Petey hopped in actually, oh nice which is pre- pretty funny um yeah and uh stas drunk um, <laughs> yeah. hopped in uh shout out to him and uh a few other people that i recognize that i've known for a long time so i appreciate their support i usually get like 10 viewers which is cool because I don't have a schedule. You know, I don't announce anything. I'm, I'm just on when I'm on. So it's just a very low-key stream. But uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, I, I was playing Final Fight 2 earlier today on there. So And I'll probably do the third game later on. But uh, he goes on to say in the email, also, can we get more, well, actually, guy on the podcast, maybe have some reach of listener-provided pretentious message board, Reddit post, my, that's Todd in Ohio. He says, thanks. And yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I can talk like this the rest of the way. You know, it's kind of almost like a Adobe Audition filter that you can put in post production at this point. It's like a, a computer AI chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it's it's weird how that voice when I do that voice, it's disturbingly close to my Harry Carey voice that I like to do when I've had a few. Hey, everybody. <laughs> how you doing? It's just uh, it's one octave higher and sp- yeah, sped exactly. Up, it's sped up two times. I'm, I'm, yeah, sped <laughs> up and but I'm doing the same thing with my mouth. I have to I have to kind of do a mush mouth kind of thing where I put my tongue next to my teeth. Kind of <laughs> sounds like Jimmy Junior from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I don't know, Tina. Tina, leave me alone. <laughs> Stop bothering me, Tina. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Man, I love that show. I've but, only uh, I've only ever caught little bits and pieces of it. I feel like it's a show oh, I would enjoy. Yeah, the, it's 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 like King of the Hill, where it's like comfort food, and it's yes. the same family, the same characters. It's they're all self-contained episodes, and it's really clever. And it's um, I love Bob. I relate to Bob so much, especially when. Uh, um, it's funny you say uh, you joke about living with women. I live with uh, one woman, and she sometimes has um, her niece over and her stepsister. 
And then, I, so it's me against three other three <laughs> yeah. girls, and it's it's an uphill battle, man. Yep. But, uh, yeah. It's, well, speaking of uh, the nerd voice, is what happened to '90s ass comes from Charles, and he says, "Drunk friends." Well, actually, you can't call yourselves a '90s ass podcast. A '90s ass podcast. <laughs> if you talk about the 2000s, right? I mean, you can't argue with that. There's no mm-hmm. argument against that. He's exactly right. Uh, thank you, Charles, for letting us know. Um, I think I'm going to lose my voice if I keep that up <laughs> any longer, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> i got to switch to has a different voice. for uh, Maybe I could do auto for a while. <laughs> 90s-ass podcast. That's, that's, that's the way you're talking about. You know, uh, But, uh, yeah, he says, uh, the, the email keeps going, what happened to my favorite 90s-ass podcast? Can you still call yourselves a 90s ass podcast when you're going through the early 2000s year by year? I'm kidding. You're still 90s ass in my book. Thank you. (laughs) I want to get that book, by the way. 2006 (laughs) saw the release of a few games I spent a lot of time with in the fall of 2007, flush with cash from my first grown-up career job. I bought an Xbox 360, an HGTV, and a few games. Most of these games had been released a year before in 2006, including Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Oblivion, and Gears of War. I'm going to stop there for a second because I just want to point out when I read this, I'm like, that is the 2006 to like 2010. That's probably the best time to have that happen where you get your first real job and you have money because not only do you get to make the leap from standard definition tv like a tube tv to hd but you've got like a whole new console generation that supports that and everything like man that is like the perfect storm of of everything happening at the same time the mid 2000s the mid 2000s was like i know this happens they say that a new huge technological advancement happens like every month at this point or whatever but yeah i feel like the mid 2000s were such a leap from like the oh, late sure. 90s in terms oh. of gaming, the way Massive. we view our like shows and videos. Like I remember it, it wasn't much after 2006, maybe two, three years was when Netflix started really becoming popular. And yep. I would watch a streaming service. I could watch whatever I wanted on my Nintendo Wii. Like you could not even think of doing something like that <laughs> 10 years prior. Like insane. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's funny you bring that up because when I think about um, um, what I was doing in 2010, the the first thing that comes to mind is Japan. But the second thing that comes to mind is I was watching a ton of movies from Netflix. I was doing the DVD mail thing. And I was doing three, four movies a week. And it was everything from like all all three Rambos. There was only three at at that time. All five Rockies, even the crappy fifth one every Arnold movie. And then I would do like every Hitchcock movie like that. That was such a like awesome time of like, Holy crap. I get to like watch all this stuff. All of a sudden I get to pick out what I want to watch. Like the novelty took a long time for, of that to, to wear off. Cause that was pretty damn awesome. I remember before it was streaming. I remember my sister-in-law's dad would get as many as he could and he would just burn everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Probably yep. had like like thir- three hundred DVDs that were all burned. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the entirety of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine burned on CDRs. <laughs> yeah, uh, written poorly by this dude I worked with uh, named Ian, 
<laughs> burn the whole show to me for me but that was the only way I, I could watch it at the time and i cranked through it for uh, start to finish for the first time and it's one of my favorite shows ever so yeah is those are fun times man i have i still have a ton of games that i burn from people like battlefield 1942 um viet there was a game called viet Cong that had a really awesome uh capture the flag mode yeah we, we had that burned it was like all the unreal tournament games we had those burned um, it's just a super fun, exciting time, the mid-2000s. Let's see. Uh, where did I leave off? Oh, he goes on to talk about Oblivion. He says it was mind-blowing for him, uh, like playing a D&D campaign on a video game. The open world, the relatively intuitive leveling and skill system, the great stories and characters. I remember when I walked out of the castle prison at the beginning of the game, it was night, and I looked up at the sky in-game and was blown away by how great the stars looked in-game. I put over 100 hours in the game easy did you play have you played much of an elder scrolls game yeah uh, oblivion was probably my first one actually i just didn't have a computer that was uh, fancy enough to to play them when they first came out because you really needed like high-end stuff right to play those um but i remember i had a pretty decent build at the time so i was able to get oblivion from somebody i forget who but um i probably downloaded it at that point actually but um that was another big thing was like internet speed in the yes, mid 2000s right. like quintupled like it was it was gone was for 56k now all of a sudden it's like cable internet everywhere so yeah. but so you were able to just download games from sites like pirate bay or whatever existed back then or grab something off a p2p program like emule but uh yeah i'm rambling here but uh yeah the answer is yeah <laughs> i have played oblivion um that's probably the one i played the most i did like Daggerfall because it was like super jank and super weird <laughs> and just just kind of a, one of those games that's that's kind of fun to go back to because it's like yep we thought this was the the most advanced thing yeah. ever at the time <laughs> and it sure wasn't kind of like shenmue is the same way but um right uh no those it was mostly those two i didn't really play a lot of skyrim i knew it wasn't gonna like it. it's kind of like world of warcraft for me where it's like i know if i really get into this i'll really get into it but i just don't have the time so i'm not going to yeah those kind of a things i mean it's an interesting thing that oblivion and even when skyrim came out they were kind of not necessarily one of a kind but pretty dang close and especially out of a big big studio and now yeah. they're almost like the imitations that come out now, <laughs> even indie ones, right? I mean, there's just yeah. almost a dime a dozen for these open world type games. But back then, man, it was it was crazy. The you could yeah, the game tells you to go straight and you just turn around. Like it's it's an insane thing. Yeah, they're they're still um, considered the standard, at least to, to me, mm -hmm. in terms of open world stuff. Like yeah, the next time I they. The next Elder Scrolls game is going to just destroy everything else. Yep. Like so, I, at least I hope it does. But um, yeah, I know what you're saying though. But uh, he goes on to talk about Gears of War was a great shooter. I think I did third person, over the shoulder cover based shooting better or as good as anything since. I think he means the game, not maybe he means his playing too. I don't know. Yeah. But um, the ad campaign was also amazing. It had that slow REM song. Aren't there a lot of slow REM songs? <laughs> yeah. Which which one would that be? Right. <laughs> Is that like Everybody Hurts? Do they use that in Gears everybody of War? Everybody Hurts. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be funny to use in a first-person yeah, shooter. It but, uh, or over-the-shoulder shooter. Um, on the movie front, uh, Children of Men was a legitimate, legitimately great movie. 
300 has not aged well, but it was dumb fun at the time, and I remember me and my roommates walking out of the theater yelling, This is Sparta! On our way to the bar. And The Departed is also a classic. Did you see 300? Yeah, I actually saw 300 in theater. That was... Yeah. At that time, I was not old enough to see a rated R movie, so me and a bunch of buddies went to see it, and my mom took us and had to, like... You know, tell the guy, yeah, they can go. Because she didn't go watch it. She just like, I think her and my sister went and watched something else. And yeah, I'm approving them to go see this radar movie. And yeah, I mean, it was like an experience. Because at that time, I hadn't seen anything like that. I mean, it was just oh yeah, mind-blowing. It was, I, I have not seen it in a long, long time. So like he says, maybe it doesn't hold up, but... It was really fun. Dumb fun is is the right way to say it. And for sure, I have since seen. I don't think I saw The Departed back then, but I also I'm a fan of The Departed. I think they say "fuck" in The Departed like 246 times. Like they hold the, <laughs> some sort of record for that. So, but it's like it's like the in that yeah. movie. But uh, yeah, that movie's fun. Good, good old fashioned Martin Scorsese type, yes, yes. you know, like Goodfellas type, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff. Um, you unlock unlocked another memory um, of me. There was nothing more fun as a kid for me than um, riding your bike to the movie theater by your, with a friend and just seeing a movie on your own just because you feel like doing it. You know I, what I mean? Uh, well, uh, as we talked about last I mean, time with the light train yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you're out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't riding my bike anywhere but to the ditch to to throw my my line in and try to catch a toad or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was what we did. I lived in South St. Paul and we would uh, take our bikes and take go all the way to the Cine 5 on Robert Street in West St. Paul, which was a few miles away. And I remember going to see, it was like in the middle of September and it was fucking freezing that day. Um, just windy as hell and cold. And I we had to stay outside and wait for the Beavis and Butthead Do America movie oh, nice. to open up. And I was I just remember being like freaking miserable. And then finally, and then that movie just made it all worth it. Yeah. But that still that was that was so much fun as a kid to to do that. Um I loved doing that. So that that was uh a cool reminder. I com- completely kind of forgot about that feeling. But 300, I actually took a date to 300 back in the day. Oh, and nice. This would have been at the time it came out. So, yeah, I saw it in theaters, too. Um, it was an okay date. She was cool. We only hung out, like, a few more times. It didn't go anywhere. She was really nice. But, um, no, she wanted to see it. She thought it w- looked awesome. And I thought that for what it is, it's it's good. You know, it's it doesn't. I don't think it tries to be anything other than like a comic book style movie, right? That's like all style, low on substance. Like, yeah, it's not trying to win the best picture Oscar. It's it's not that different from like a Jean Claude Van Damme movie in my head. It's just really really stylized. Yeah, it's a it's a Jean Claude Van Damme movie that was made twenty years after, right? I mean, it's just like <laughs> right, right. So yeah. they they spent so much money i imagine i I imagine it was a huge budget just the visual effects were insane right i mean yeah they all had 12 packs like it was just (laughs) it was just nuts and it was just like the most testosterone 
dripping. Movie. Oh yeah, that's that's the thing. Even the messenger guy is is cut. Yep. Like he's, he's he has like two percent body fat. It's like, are you guys taking creatine? Or yeah. What? <laughs> but but that's part of the charm, though. It's just you know, it's everybody's he man. That's that's kind of how those old X Men cartoons and Marvel comics and stuff were drawn back then. So it's like it's weird to see that exist in in quote unquote real life, right? Or on live like, action, real people, yep. live action, yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I, it's I I like that movie for what it is, and The Departed is awesome. So yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, the email continues for one last paragraph here, saying one thing I feel like you guys have neglected in your recaps is wrestling. Imagine that. You're kind of past the good stuff now. I looked up storylines from WWE in 2006, and it was awful. Missed your shot at the best stories from the late 90s and early 2000s. Stuff won't pick up in WWE for another few years, but I'm still not a huge fan of the Ruthless Aggression era. Nothing compares to the Attitude Era and Monday Night Wars. Keep up the drunk friending. Stay 90s ass. Charles. Charles. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it. And I agree with you that the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars were another league of entertainment. They're just awesome. Like, you don't even need to be in that into wrestling to come away with some sort of enjoyment just from Vince McMahon doing Vince McMahon things. Like, the guy's a human gift machine. You know, like, yeah. so many reaction gifts out there are Vince McMahon, and they make me laugh every time. Like and that's all from the Attitude Era Monday Night Wars. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Just for Vince alone, but um, I don't even remember wrestling in 2006. Honestly, I remember Benoit was still there, and he was kind of like the in that Bret Hart role where he was making everybody else look good, but he right. never got the title or anything like that. But uh, yeah, that was that was odd uh, to uh, to tr go back and. It's like I think I watched some of the stuff, but I have no memory of it. Right? But, uh, yeah, that's I, that's basically that email. I watched. It was like a clip, and it was like kind of like a meme or like a nostalgic thing where somebody said, "I really thought this was happening when I was like eight, and it was the Undertaker had gotten <laughs> hit by somebody." Right? I I don't know everybody's names, but then the he was like doing all this like grunting and like putting his fists in the air and all these visual effects were happening, right? Like everything went dark and the undertaker's <laughs> face was on the screen, like taking over the screen. It was like all staticky and there was like l fire that would shoot up. And I imagine as a kid, not understanding that it's <laughs> fake, right? You would really think that, yeah. Oh my God, the undertaker is taking over the arena right now. Like he is, he is doing that. He's making the fire come. And I, yeah, I, I imagine at that point, like that's, that's pretty wild to think about. So. Yeah. One of my favorites, uh, uh, um, one thing that really helped me get into wrestling was when the undertaker debuted and my childhood best friend who lived down the road from me, uh, ran down the street when he saw him to come to my house and yell at me like, have you seen this Undertaker dude? He's, he's the scariest guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. he, is he alive? Is he dead? Like, he's pale. He looks clammy. He doesn't have <laughs> eyes. Like, what is that? He doesn't react. He, does, he doesn't feel pain. What's wrong with And we, we just spent the whole day just freaking out about the Undertaker. It's one of my favorite memories ever. <laughs> and that was when he debuted. And that dude did it for like 30 years or something Seriously. like that. Seriously. Just unbelievable. The guy's a legend. But uh, yeah, I love The Undertaker. I just took a quick gander at 2010 real quick just because I was 
curious, since we were talking wrestling, I wanted to see some sports results at that time. And uh, I totally forgot to, 2010 was um, that awesome, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, where is it? Let me pull it up here real quick. Sorry about that. Badminton tournament. Um, <laughs> lacrosse. <laughs> lacrosse. Um, <laughs> that uh, gold medal game in the Winter Olympics. Um, Canada won, but um, it was the, uh, what do you call it? It's a golden goal scored by uh, Sidney Crosby, which was pretty oh, damn yeah. cool. That was an awesome game. Doc Emmerich called it. It was one of the best games I've ever seen. I hated that Canada won, but it was still freaking awesome uh, to watch. It was like, I don't know. It's always weird to watch stuff like World Cup or Olympics or World Baseball Classic, like to put these guys in a totally different context in, in terms of like what they're playing for is always interesting to me. So yeah, I mean, I love watching, watching stuff like that. I, yeah, I, that's, I also love the Olympics for that exact same reason, because it's, there's no real money involved. It's all pride. Like yeah. they're out there yeah. doing it because they want their flag raised, right? Like that's, yeah, they want their names to go down in a book. They want to get a medal. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. It just, it, it really, that's, and it's kind of changed recently, but that's also why I've always kind of leaned towards like college football a little bit more. Now, like there's all the NIL stuff, so it's a little bit different. But it was all like, yeah, you're playing to try to get to the NFL. Yeah, but I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like it's so many of those kids. I mean, every it's every story is not Rudy, obviously, but <laughs> there's there yeah, there's so much of that that goes on where. You know, you hear about this kid that walked on, nobody looked at him, and it's just like they're playing for everything. Like, that's what they've been dreaming of doing since they were four. And I can tell yeah. you, having two 12-year-olds or going on 12-year-olds, they they say this. Like, I, I, can, I can barely convince them that football might not be number one on, or shouldn't, <laughs> maybe shouldn't be number one on the list of goals, right? Like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, let's hope and dream for everything. Sky's the limit. But, you know, like, maybe maybe engineering would be cool too, you know? Like, something <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's always a struggle. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, you hit on it exactly why I watch stuff like March Madness, why I get into yes. college basketball yep. every year, because... These kids aren't like you see the kids from Princeton and it's like these dudes have no chance in hell in the NBA. Like this is all they're playing for is for right now. Like yep. they're, they're they've waited their whole lives for this and they're this this all that matters to them is just you know, it's 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 sappy and cliché but all that matters to them is each other and the school and Yep. You know, those experiences that they're they're having. Like it's that's why it's always awesome to see like George Mason in the final four or Loyola Chicago or any any of those like smaller schools because it's like and then and doubly so it, it makes it that much crappier to see Duke North <laughs> Carolina Kansas again yeah like can you guys just get out of the way please but yeah Kentucky uh, with five freshmen uh, and none of them will be there next year yeah that's <laughs> so annoying <laughs> just shameless yeah freaking Calipari yeah. yep anyway you want to take this next e email here from Blake yeah so Subject line was every freaking year. And he says, good day, drunk friends. I was curious how long you plan on doing this year in review series. 
Will you make it to the nostalgic year of 2022? If so, I can't wait to hear about you. what you guys think of God of War Ragnarok. Did the Phillies choke in the World Series? And was Puss in Boots 2 the best film of the year? Good times. Keep up the good work, fellas. Stay groovy, Blake. And, uh, yeah, I I will say that I did not play God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, me neither. I haven't played it. I'm not a big God of War guy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not feeling particularly uh, nostalgic about 2022 yet, but I did play a game called Beacon Pines that I'm just going to shout out here. That's amazing. Fantastic. Everyone should go check it out. That's all. Beacon Pines. Yes. Beacon Pines. It's a uh, sounds like uh, it'd be somebody's name. Yeah. I feel Foul like is on number 32 Beacon Pines, <laughs> his first personal. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like maybe I mentioned it on the episode I came on, and I would feel terrible if that was the case. But it's like a choose your own ad- choose your own adventure type game, indie game. Um, and I'm yeah, yeah. For him, so it does look cool. It does look cool. It it looks. Uh, um, is this kind of like a, a point and click adventure kind of a deal? It sort of is, but okay. I I played it on Switch, so I mean I played it with joystick. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah you're not really pointing and clicking. There's very Mm -hmm. little interactability that you're doing, honestly, like gameplay wise. It's mostly story driven and there's many branching paths. It's a, it's a really fun story. That's kind of spooky at times makes you feel something at the end. It's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I need to check that out. I was just um, going over a super Famicom game. That's, one of my all-time favorites called Ihatovo Monogatari and it's called Stories of Ihatovo is how it translates and it's Super Famicom walking simulator basically where it's pretty much exactly what you describe although it's not choose your own adventure there's only seven stories but there's no combat you just go around and pick stuff up and use use this over here it's it's like a link to the past kind of presentation a little bit where there's little items you can there's a menu and all that but there's no combat at all it's all story it's all dialogue you know uh, and it's these surreal almost like Miyazaki you know Ghibli studio type yeah. stories involving like animals and stuff it's one of my all-time favorites so is it, that's what that's what this sounds like so I need to check this out is it it's translated then yeah it's got an English patch oh, on, that's cool on romhacking.net yeah I imagine it's really good, and the music especially is really good. Oh yeah, it's 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 all. I wouldn't be able to play it otherwise. Yeah, right. Um, but but yeah, the only way you can you'd be able to play it is on uh, with with the patch. But the patch is really good. It's uh, I like it when they they use uh, <laughs> a decent font, or when they're <laughs> able to use a decent font. You know, I'm a font dork, and it's like, all right, this is this is a good font, good solid font. So I'm gonna play this one all the way. I ended up playing it all the way through. It's one of those games where you sit down to play it for like just to see what it is, and then like three hours go by. It's like, yeah. wow, I'm halfway through this thing. This is awesome. I mean, I think you you call yourself a font dork, but I think we're all kind of font dorks because <laughs> I think of some of the like cell phone remade Final Fantasy oh, ports. Awful. Yeah, it's like what is this? Like Times New Roman? Like, yeah, or a Ryle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like why? Why are it's, it's so cheap looking? It, it's just it's, like it's just a weird, such a weird choice. Like, give us some nostalgia here. Like, what are you doing? It's yeah, it's super cheap looking. Um, I'm trying to find out if the Phillies did in fact choke in the World Series in 2010. Who did they play? Because I remember they lost to the Yankees in 2009. 
Oh, he was. Oh, wait, which he was talking about twenty twenty two. 2022 oh okay sorry about that uh yeah (laughs) getting my years all mixed up but did they choke i don't think they they, were they the favorites in that series not really so i honestly don't even remember what happened with baseball (laughs) last year yeah i don't remember watching a whole lot but um the tigers have been bad for a long time so that's yes they have yeah um yeah i just saw somebody uh um, the White Sox got a walk-off win after a, a pitch bounced off the umpire's mask. Yeah, that was wild. I saw you shared that. I was like, crazy. yeah, of course. I've never seen that before. <laughs> no, and of course it was the Tigers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Was Puss in Boots two the best film of that year? I don't think so. I haven't. Of, of, I haven't of gone twenty twenty two. I haven't gone to the movie theater. To watch a movie in such a long time, but I feel like did that. Uh, oh man, what was that? It's like it was like everywhere all at once or something like that. Didn't that movie? Come oh out yeah, yeah yes, yes, Michelle Yeoh. Yes, and I haven't seen it, but I've been wanting to, and I heard that guy like rave reviews, and I think that came out yep. last year, right? So that's, that's one of the, one of my all time favorite movies. It's one of the best I've ever seen. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's you're lucky you get to see it for the first time. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to super get on fun that. movie. Um. Yeah, you want to take this next one here from Brandon? Yep. Brandon says, completionists versus finishers. Hi, drunk friends. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. We're Happy late. Labor Day, yeah, in the middle of June. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First off, apologies for misrepresenting who was playing the Simpsons mobile game. As reference on the episode with Thirsty <laughs> Logo, Josh Leslie. I can report <laughs> I can report I've now abandoned it altogether once again. Maybe I'll see it in another ten years. <laughs> yeah, just uh he's referencing uh what we were talking about, uh the the Android games we were addicted to. I'm addicted yeah. to South Park Phone Destroyer, which I just mindlessly play sometimes, like if I'm in line at the grocery store or something, and he yeah. plays Trav plays uh the Simpsons mobile game. And yeah, it's it really is like you get addicted for like a year and then you put it down for a year and then you're back and then you're gone. I think I'm on the downside right now of, of South park and I, but I know I'm going to pick it up again. Eventually it's just dumb. I hate how those games like <laughs> suck. <you back laughs> just just kind of, yeah, I can't stand that. But yeah. Anyway, I, uh, I wonder, do you guys, or is in Minnesota, was there a card game called Euchre that you remember? Mm, sounds familiar. You mean like is, is it spelled like Acre? Like E U C H R E R E? Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't. I couldn't tell you what the rules are. Yeah, though, but I'm sure, pretty sure I've played it. It's a it's a very Midwest game, but mostly like yeah. Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Indiana. Yep. But uh, I play that on my phone all the time. So that's that's about all I. I, I should do. I, that's that sounds a lot more healthy. I think I should do that instead. It's like uh, playing chess instead. Right, right. Yeah, in South Park. In, in, instead of throwing a butters card at somebody and following <laughs> it with a, with a Cartman wizard. Yeah. But, uh, man, that game is really entertaining. Like, it's it always makes me laugh. Second, I wanted to get your thoughts on something my 16-year-old and I have been discussing regarding generational gaps in gaming. He tends to pick up games and focus on finishing them. He plows through the story, defeats the boss, and will only go back to knock out more tasks if he really likes the game. I, the old guy, find myself way more interested in completing, aka 100%ing games. I spent like three months just playing and robbing poker games and assaulting street preachers in Red Dead 2 before I even got halfway through the story. It infuriates my son. 
Here's my theory. Old people grew up with games that really could only be beaten or not beaten. Most NES and SNES games were linear. The ability to just roam around a game wasn't much of a thing when we were kids, so it's a luxury to us. His generation, however, has grown up with mostly open-world-style games, so roaming around beating up street preachers doesn't have the same appeal. Him and some of his age seem to appreciate a more straightforward game in many cases. What do y'all think? And where do you each of you fall? Do you prefer games with a ton of freedom or games that limit your ability to stray from the story? Brandon. So I'll start, and we kind of already yeah. talked about this a little bit when in reference right. to my son, but I didn't really talk about what I guess all of my specific preferences are before. So I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out to Polykill right now. We're members of the Polykill discord, Polymedia discord and Polykill was kind of what started this whole network. Right. But uh, that's right. That podcast is all about beating video games. And yeah. that has kind of pushed me to not only beat them. I always had a hard time in the past, not a hard time, but I would like see shiny thing and then get distracted away from whatever <laughs> game I was playing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'd put a couple hours into this game. I put a couple hours into that game and never really finished anything. But fortunately now that I have this addiction to seeing credits, I <laughs> will pick up a game and sometimes enjoy the fact that it's a shorter game because I don't feel like I have as much time anymore. And I don't know. I, I feel like I would rather get more experiences out of more games personally and play yes. five to ten games in a you know over a few month time span and actually get that experience and have different things to talk about than just play one game like a Skyrim or a Red Dead Two or Fallout Four something like that right something where I and I totally understand the appeal I've done that I've put a hundred hours into Skyrim in the past it's just I've kind of I'm not into doing that as much anymore I guess so yeah let me. So this is how I, I, I'm a lot closer to how you describe, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat that you are, where I have a hard time uh, focusing just on one game, like you said. Um, I think the last time I did that, um, it really does depend on the game uh, for how your how my approach varies. But I do do the thing where I don't 100 percent a game necessarily, but I'll do a 85 percent yeah like mario odyssey is a good example like I, i'm not gonna ever do like the super tough stuff in that game but i'll complete what i'm i can complete as much as i can but i'm not gonna like slave away until it's 100 percent and right. just like hit my head against a brick wall over and over i'll do what i what i can and like once i got to the moon in that game and i had so much fun just like jumping around and doing the little puzzles there and that was kind of it for me for that game, just to give an example. Like once I was done with that, then I'd go, I'd play around in like the the Mushroom Kingdom and uh, that whole area. And then just kind of, it's like, all right, I've, I've had my fill of this game. I completed the single player campaign. It was a lot of fun. Time to move on, though. Once I've done everything, I feel like I can reasonably do. But um, in general, though, most of the time, like here's what I've played in the past month. So I have, I have a huge list of games here. There is um, Astro Gogo, uh, that's a Super Famicom skiing game. <laughs> uh, Carrier Aces, Kirby Superstar Stacker, Lunar Pool for NES, NES Open, uh, Power Pigs of the Dark Age, uh, 
let's see what else here. Um, I, it's just like one random thing yeah, after another, right. after another, after another. Final Fight Two, um, Family Feud. It, I mean, it's seriously like sixty different things. Right. Um, and then I go over to Steam, and it's all it's a hodgepodge of other stuff. It's Unreal Tournament, Capcom Fighting Collection, Don't Starve, SimCity Four, Mega Man Eleven, Stardew Valley. <laughs> yeah it's like why these are all awesome titles why am i gonna limit myself to just one right for like any extended period of time like I there's mean, always going to be one game that grabs you yes. occasionally but in general like i have my intent my ear to the ground and my antenna are up and i'm always on the lookout for something new i will say while i'm not uh roaming around an open world and doing that type of thing oh right yeah i would be a complete hypocrite if i said that i don't spend a significant amount of time with certain games so as as alex knows and i don't know how many listeners know but i really love enter the gungeon probably one of my favorite games ever and i probably play that game a couple times a week and have been doing that for three years so I mean, you know, I would be a hypocrite if I said, yeah, I'm not going to go roam around and play a couple games of poker in Red Dead because I am kind of doing that. And I'm actually working on my actual Steam account. I have never done this because I originally played Gungeon on Stadia and then played Gungeon on Switch. And then finally I got it on Steam. So I've had Gungeon in three different forms. Um, (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) I am currently... you provided the footage for the video that I did for the, on that game, and I, I really appreciated it because I, I, the footage. If I were to get footage myself for that game, it would just be sad, It'd just be like <laughs> me rolling to my death over and over, and it would just it wouldn't be good. So it's like I, it's like I, I bet I could get Seth to do that because <laughs> it would look so much better. So I, I appreciate that. I mean, I was I was going to play it anyway. Probably it's like I'll just <laughs> right, exactly. hit record in OBS. Might as well record it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's um, awesome. But yeah, I mean, it's just I'm currently working on trying to 100 percent that game, and I have not I've even wow. done that yet. It's I'm like my Steam account has like 100 110 hours, but I think how long to beat has 100 percent on that game at like 160. There's just like a lot of <laughs> menial dumb things at the end that you have to do oh, that just yeah, takes... the S- steam loves doing that yes there's yes. there's so much like dumb tiny little things like just weird little circumstances that are almost impossible to unlock but but it is really satisfying once you get to do it but um you did uh make me think though uh so that's your game where you just kind of wander around and uh i think I, I'm similar to that in that I like having open world games, um, like having like at least three or four that I like in my back pocket that I can visit anytime I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like uh, hanging out with a friend or something. Right. It's like, you know what? I want to play SimCity 4 for like two hours and just hang out in my ridiculous city with five nuclear power plants or whatever right (laughs) um i was thinking for you is probably going to be like stardew valley i imagine you revisit often and you play chrono trigger whenever you feel like it right and just run through that again right but yeah i it's been a while since i've done that for that game um but yeah pretty much and then there's griffey baseball i always have a season going (laughs) i always go back to that i have i still have my 20 20, 2021 twin season that I'm like, I think I'm only about 67. I'm about a third of the way through in that one. And Buxton's hitting 500 and has like 
30 home runs already, which is, <laughs> he's so overpowered. But yeah, but it's, I, I get what the emailer is saying. Um, I get what Brandon's saying in that, uh, I think he makes a good point. I think that does contribute. Um, that's a good observation to have. I, I do think, I do agree with his overall point. Um, but I think, uh, I, I do think that it, it really does, it, it's hard to speak in general, general, I can't say that word. Generalities, I think. I guess generalities. There you I guess go. Is how you would say it. There we Knocked go. Out of the park. Oh man, some words. I'm telling you, the word proverbially it gives me a lot of trouble too. A lot of <laughs> R's and B's and V's. I just avoid just, it like the plague. Yeah, yeah. Josh Leslie too. His <laughs> yeah, his name yeah. does something you, to me. But you just did it. But oh, I did, yeah, didn't I? Yeah. Wow. See, I was warmed up, though. So yeah. I needed to. I needed to knock out some proverbial. Uh, what was the other word? Proverbial things, pr- practicalities, <laughs> yeah. nationalities, whatever they were. I can't remember anymore. But I'm just rambling. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, I as long as I have. Um, like earlier today, I was playing on Switch. Um, I I, for, I had completely forgotten I'd bought uh, Demons of Asterborg. I think it's called. Yeah, I've heard which that. Is, which is a really good uh, Genesis, like kind of a open world platformer kind of a deal like a symphony of the night i don't want to say metroidvania but right. that's basically what it is because yep. i hate using that word but um it, and it's good it was fun to just sit down with that for it was only about 90 minutes or so but that was cool um i could see myself you know sitting down to play with that again but at the same time i'm not only going to focus on that game right. i'm going to bounce around to a hundred other th- other things depending on what's going on but uh, speaking of speaking of switch did you ever dabble or play golf story yeah i finished it oh, last nice. year nice. it was awesome yeah um i really dug it I, I i i wish the golf was a little more intricate itself right um but otherwise it was great i i really liked it um yeah i i don't know if i'd ever play through it again to be honest but i did like playing through it it was fun i liked all the personality um, it was very Camelot in style, oh, just absolutely. like the, the Game Boy Advance Mario Golf and Mario Tennis games, which I really like a lot. Um, and the little mini games, like where you have to pitch to a certain spot, like I really dug that. I dig stuff like that too, like skill based stuff and and games like that. But uh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's a it's a very fun nostalgia trip. I mean, that's a uh, feels like it could have come out in the 90s like you said right and it's but it's yeah. so fleshed out like there's just so much going on there's so many different areas to visit it's really cool but uh, yeah all right everyone that's been another drunk friend podcast please check out all of our podcasts on polymedianetwork.com um there's a new tales series and actually i listened to a even newer tales today that's on patreon right now i won't spoil it but that should be coming out <laughs> soon Nice. Check out Polykill, Point and Drink Adventure, Indie Quest. I'm on that one. Please come check it out. New Uncle Doug's DVD bin. We got Goosebumps. And, of course, the newest network podcast split up with our buddies Dylan and Mook. Please send an email to the show at drunkfinpodcast at gmail.com. We have a subreddit for our network if you are a Reddit browser. You can check that out and comment directly on our podcast just like you would on YouTube videos on Reddit at r slash polymedia. Yeah, and I want to give a special shout out to Tales of the Lesser Medium. If you if you like to laugh, go check that show out, please. Yes. Oh, do yourself a favor because it's really funny. Um, but if you're not interested in doing that for whatever reason, uh, 
you, you should anyway. But if you're not interested in doing that or sending us an email, it's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice. That'll help us out big time. You can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Captain Drachma. Alex is, of course, at Snestrunk, and Trav is at Trav Plays Games. Yeah, and the track you're hearing right now was composed by our friend Coolor and is called Electric Starbounce. You can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Le- Josh Leslie. <laughs> it's in my head. I, I seriously tense up when I get to that name now because people are. I know people are listening and they're waiting for me to screw up. Like PTSD. I, I know I'm gonna screw up. Yeah, and I have. I seriously have trouble with that name, Joshua Leslie. I'm gonna correct that i forgot i was gonna correct that yeah. but wh- thanks to him for his the thirst quenching logo quenching them thirsts and Absolutely. uh yeah be sure to catch those guys on youtube and thanks for listening and we hope you have a great rest of your day yeah.